and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show. I am Simon Hazeldean and I am joined in the Sales Chat Show studio by my two esteemed colleagues, Mr. Phil Jess and Mr. Graham Jones. This episode of the Sales Chat Show is called is the future of sales getting more personal now you might be listening to this episode of the sales chat show on your smartphone folks and this is where we are going to start our conversation smartphones mr jones what on earth have smartphones got to do with sales getting more personal sir the floor is yours well, this is from research recently conducted at the University of Florida. And what they were looking at was how the smartphone was influencing our purchasing. And what they discovered was that the smartphone puts you into a much more personal psychological state so that your brain, by the very fact of the smartphone, is personalized completely to you as an individual then it makes you think it's an extension of you and therefore it's completely personalized to you. So you're able to reflect your personality through it. It then reflects your personality back to you. And as a result, your brain is constantly focused on yourself. The result of that is that when you go shopping and many people go shopping via their phone, or even if it's not doing consumer shopping, you you know, business to business, people will research potential companies using their phone. Uh, people are using their phone more and more uh, for things like this. And it means that the even the business to business shopper, their brain is in personal mode. And so what they expect in return is shopping of any kind, whether that's business to business or to consumer, they expect it to be personalized to them because their brain is already in that heavily personalized state. Um, you can't do that, for example, if you're in a business-to-business -business situation and you're sitting in the client's office, that they may be thinking about their business, but they're not thinking about themselves as an individual in that business because the environment doesn't reflect them as an individual. It reflects the business. So they're focused on the business at that point when you visit them as a, in a you know, sales meeting. Um, equally, if uh, you're in a shop and you're a consumer going to a shop, you know the environment is the shop's environment. It's not a personal environment, but on your phone, it's completely personal. And the result of that, the Florida research shows, is that that's where your brain goes, completely personalized. You expect everything coming back to you to be personalized. And is this is this just confined to the smartphone environment usage or is it is it spreading beyond that? It's spreading beyond that because it'll be, you know, they didn't do this in the research. But if you think about it, you, if you're using a tablet, uh, everybody personalizes their tablets. Uh, even if you're using Windows outside a corporate environment, and even within some corporate environments, you can personalize it, put different icons mm. on, have different backgrounds. There are lots of personalization features that enable you to personalize your experience. Um, you know, there's extra software you can download for 
Windows, for example, to completely personalize it. And so as a result, the technological environment is much more heavily individual than a normal physical environment. You know, in your physical environment, you may be able to put, you know, pictures of your family on your desk, but you didn't choose the desk. You didn't choose the windows or the carpet. So, you know, it's just what everybody else has in the office. It's not personalized in any real way. Whereas the technology we use is increasingly personalized. That puts our brain into that personal state, that personal psychological state, which means that everything we do from that point on is only going to connect with us if it's also personalized. I agree. So we can, well, we can't, we can choose which model of iPhone or Android or Samsung yeah. or whatever we, we want. We, we, we can't, we can't alter the, the shape and size necessarily, but anything to do with the interface color, which apps, where they are on the screen, how we interact with this, et cetera, is very personalized yeah. and that people are using smartphones now for pretty much everything in their lives. Yeah. And our ex, and so that's starting to shape that that increased desire for personalized yeah. experience yeah. in a B two B space of all kinds, as well yeah. as yeah, in all yeah. in all kinds. Mister Jesson, I was just yeah, going to say before Mr. Phil yeah. starts, yeah. Okay. I was just going to say that the, the the there are ten billion um, personal um, smartphone accounts in the world. Yeah, now there are only seven billion people in the world and several of those you know several billion of those don't have access to the technology uh, there are 10 billion active uh, smartphone accounts in the world and that's because many people have more than one uh, phone i know somebody with three phones uh, used for entirely different purposes um, and so uh, lots of people will have phones personalized to their own individual kind of they've got three phones each of them is different because it's doing mm -hmm. a different personalized thing but the point about that is i don't think if we were able to do the study i don't think you would find in those 10 billion phones any identical phones you'd find you know several billion um you know samsung's and and iphones but not one of them would look the same everything would be different yeah, interesting, interesting, Mr. Jesson, sir. Yes, just um, on a, on a slightly different topic, but hopefully illustrating the same point. I went with my uh, next door neighbours a few months ago to the uh, the mini car production plant, which, for the benefit of our overseas listeners, is near Oxford, uh, in the middle of uh, England, the Cowley plant. And uh, I think what I was expecting to see uh, when we went on this conducted tour of the mini plant, um, yes, I was expecting to see the production line. But in, in my mind, I think the only difference I was expecting to see were different coloured cars coming off the production line. But, oh, no, the whole <laughs> thing is just a feast of personalisation. There are cars with different interiors different wheel trims, there are different sunroofs, different colours, of course, obviously. Uh, stripes on the bonnet, stripes on the roof, stripes on the back of the car, all sorts of personalisation that people had ordered. Uh, I must have witnessed during the course of that three-hour uh, trip, I must have witnessed well over 100 minis coming off that production line, and every single one was completely different in terms of its appearance uh, from uh, from the others. It was uh, it was quite a quite a surprise. But when you think about it, 
it's not really a surprise at all, is yeah. it? Because we all enjoy <laughs> that personalization and feel that we are changing something to suit our own needs and wants. So to contrast that with possibly, you know, almost the birth of the car industry, Henry Ford, you can have any colour you like as long as it's black, and everything was that stage of manufacturing was all around standardization for efficiency and cost. And you fast forward to Phil's trip to watch the minis rolling off the production line, 100 different versions of it still a yeah. mini still a mini still a, you know they the we're not saying i don't think with customers that you you invent a completely different product for every single yeah. customer that would be probably commercially crazy to do so and that we you may be constrained by certain things but if you can make it personalized for customers you are definitely from the sounds of what we're talking going with a a strong driver that is shaping, yeah. you know, is shaping people's behavior. So one size fits all is definitely not going to be the future of sales. And I think it was, if I recall correctly, it was 20, 2014 with the very great Neil Rackham. I saw Neil Rackham speaking at the Sales Performance Association here in the UK. And he was discussing um, across a continuum of the far left, very transactional purchasing in the middle, some tweaking customizing of something in the middle sort of in the mid ground and a full tailoring and customization over on the far end of the spectrum and his his viewpoint and his prediction i think um if i'm paraphrasing him accurately the mid ground was going to disappear customers weren't going to be prepared to pay a little bit more for a little bit of customization they either wanted full tailored solution or they were going to be buying very very transactionally and the, and yeah. the mid ground which means you've got to think about how you service the customers who maybe want to play at the transactional end and how you manage mm. those customers through e-commerce or inside sales or you know artificial intelligence like chatbots but over the other side you probably need fully fledged strategic solution sellers well just got on... the capability and the capacity to deal with that just on that point, uh, a friend of mine who's a, a travel agent uh, told me that you know, a few years ago, if somebody came into the travel agency to book a holiday, typically they would be sat across the desk for about 20 to 25 minutes, job done, holiday booked. Uh, now it's well over 40 minutes, typically, as people are discussing various car park options, uh, the uh, various configurations, of course, on the plane, the hotel, the restaurants at the other end, the transport from the airport at the other end, all sorts of things. But just to come back to your point about uh, making sure that uh, we don't upset other customers in this heavy personalization, what they've now decided to do, because the time per customer has doubled, uh, is that they book people in for an appointment to talk about their holiday mm -hmm. uh, rather than have somebody stood around uh, tapping their fingers, wondering why uh, the person is taking so long to book their holiday. So that, that is a clever move on their part to make sure that they continue to meet and exceed expectations.
Yeah, but also they're doing a little bit of a probably a little bit of a pre-qualification, aren't they? If you're booking yourself in for a specific appointment, you're probably yep. displaying quite a good intent to. Yeah, and it's exactly the same way we're we're really looking forward next year. We've we've um, you know kind of a bucket list item. We're going to go and see the uh, go uh, the gorilla with the gorillas in Uganda, uh, something we've wanted to do for a long time. And our travel agent has literally built the itinerary based on what we. After we've seen the gorillas, we'll go and see the chimpanzees. Then we'll go and see the tree-dwelling lions. And, you know, we, we've, we've literally created the itinerary to suit us, or he's created the itinerary, sorry, to, to suit us. And it's that fully customised experience that, yeah. uh, you know, it's really interesting for Graham to be I'm, – I'm reflecting on my own behaviour as a buyer now and thinking, yeah, that's exactly what we, we asked. And the travel agent that we used was super smart in terms of saying, let me know what you'd like to do and let me pull together a draft itinerary. And then you can have a look at that and play with it and, yeah. and, and, and tweak it. So yes, we used his expertise and his knowledge and he made suggestions on some things we might want to consider, but he really found out what it was specifically, what was most important to us, right? We want to see the gorillas, right? Let's make sure we get that built in for a couple of days and then, you know, customized the entire experience around us. But I think, but, yeah, obviously our listeners have got to think about practicalities and, and looking at this and profitability of, of course, but I don't think this is a trend that any sales professional or marketer or business can can ignore. Well, many many salespeople will have experienced personalization even on a simple level because many of them will be booking budget hotels as they travel around their patch. For example, if they're a salesperson who's you know out on a patch and uh, and in some of those budget hotels, when they book online, they'll be asked, "What kind of pillow do you want? Do you hmm. want a firm pillow? Do you want a soft pillow? Do you want a feather pillow? Do you you know?" I, so you're personalizing your stay in a hotel. Um, there's not a lot they can change, but they are beginning to change things for people um, to, to personalize it so that you can get precisely what you want for a comfortable night's sleep. So, um, yeah, you, so many of our listeners will have experienced personalization, even at simple things like what kind of pillow do you want? Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, you had the lumpy pillow and be done with it. Uh, whereas now we expect to be asked things like that. We expect to be asked when we book something online for personal um, preferences. You know, anybody who books the theatre or the cinema online now chooses their seat rather than just given a seat. You choose the kind of seat you want in the position you want with the legroom you like. Um, everybody gets to choose, you know, simple bits of personalization like that we are used to so actually all of these things plus people like amazon who are personalizing your experience in their shop all of those things drive everybody to think in a personalized way and as a result if salespeople are not personalizing the experience and not personalizing even their products in the way that mini can then unfortunately you're going to find it tougher to sell but I think you know the mini example for me that Phil was mentioning. I think sort of sort of brings it to practical reality. It is still a mini car that the salesperson is selling. You you're not able to go and say, "I'd like I'd like it to have seven wheels or something." You know, something whatever, something crazy. They say, "Look, this is this is this is the shell. This is the frame within certain constraints." 
choose what you want. Oh, and by the way, some of those are going to be more expensive. Yeah. Because they cost us more money. You can certainly have the stripes, whatever, on the car. You can certainly have this functionality, but that's going to cost you some extra money, Mr. or Mr. or Mrs. Customer. So, you know, with that personalization, sometimes we'll come a higher price for some customers. If they, they want certain premium options, they're going to have to be prepared to to pay for it. But I, uh, I think I think we know that as consumers, don't we, that yeah. there will be uh, that consequence of the heavily personalization. But um, we do it because we like it. Yeah. But also, if enough people ask Mini for a seven-wheeled car, they'd work out how to do that. Yes. yes. Um, because they go, well, enough people want this. We may as well do it. So, yeah, you go back to the production lines of the 1970s and, you know, you had, you know, a blue car, a red car, a white car or a black car. That was it. And there was very little choice in anything. You know, the engine size was predetermined. Everything was exactly the same because they hadn't worked out at that time how to make production lines work and be efficient and provide variation. Well, now they know how to do that, and robotics has helped that immensely. So they've worked out how to do that. So they can change, you know, the next car coming through can be completely different to the car in front of it on the same production line. So they've worked out how to do that. So if enough people said we want seven wheels, they'd work out how to put that in the production line. But they'd have to do that and make it profitable. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the, and probably the challenge, I guess we should lay at our our reader's door, is how could you bring the concept of personalization into the way you operate with customers and your product portfolio and or how you sell that maximizes personalization, but, you know, not, not at the expense of, of the profitability, you know, yeah. of, the, of the organization. I mean, I, I learned of personalization the other day uh, in the farming sector. Um, so um, that if you've got a, a combine harvester, for example, uh, it's a very expensive piece of kit um, and you're going to you know, do the harvesting in the summer to get the corn or wheat or whatever it is you're doing. But now you can personalise that, not just you can personalise the cab to suit what you want, but you can personalise where this thing goes to literally within inches because what they will do is they will map your field using GPS. So they will personalize the combine harvester to the actual field. And so then you can set it to go exactly because, you know, when you see a field and it's got those tracks where the the tractors have gone through, those tracks are there deliberately. Yeah. So they're there in order to get the tracks through. They never going to seed those parts. Well, or they don't want to seed those parts. At the moment, they do seed those parts, but then, of course, they pro- the seeds don't grow because the tractor's going over it. But that's a cost. So actually, if your seed machine knows through personalization of that field where you're going to put the tracks, it will not seed where you're going to put the tracks. So that sophisticated technology has to be completely personalized to each individual farmer's fields. So that's a massive, big you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of technology in a business-to-business sale, but it's being personalised to every individual farmer's fields. You can't take that tractor and use it on another field or another, you know, sell it to another farmer unless that personalisation is redone again. Reprogrammed. Yeah. I think think another thing to remember about exploring personalisation options is that it becomes a trial close. 
So if as a salesperson, we start to say things like, well, if you went ahead with this, would you have it with the stripes or without, or would you want the running boards or not? Depending on the response that you're getting back to that, that, that will probably be a very good way yeah. of gauging the level of interest and commitment that <clears throat> has emerged maybe at this point in the sale, let's call it halfway through. Uh, how am I doing at half time? Well, explore a few personalization options and you'll probably find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's a a very elegant and customer-centric way to sell. You're building the solution and the end product with the customer in an interactive way. And it's a very, probably quite a pleasant, you know, collaborative process that then leads very nicely to a, probably Phil, a close without there being a close. You're going to say, yeah. are, you, are you happy? Customer's going to say, yes, I am. So fantastic. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's get it underway for you. Let's get, yeah. let's get the car or whatever it is, whatever it is produced. So that's a really interesting, uh, interesting personalization as a theme to our listeners and thinking about how you, you might be able to do that. You know, it's what customers are asking in the f more they're asking it now it's it's only going to become probably more of a of a driver as technology continues to develop and influences us so i think it's worth having a good think about how you what you can personalize you know quite easily now and uh you know different different strokes for different folks any any closing thoughts folks before we close the episode i would just like to say to uh, john to andrew uh, to amanda to um, Susan, to Angela, to Fred, to Derek. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm going through our list of listeners here, so I'm trying to personalise the ending for them. <laughs> Very good. Actually, we could we Very could be good. here we could be here a while. We could be here a long we, time we if I went so through them. If Graham's missed you, we do apologise, but it's only in the interest of yeah. of it'd be a ninety eight hour episode as we <laughs> as we as we went through went through every single one. Mister Jesson, any closing? Thoughts? No, I can't. I can't follow that from Graham. I'm going to keep quiet. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, let's let's get personal, folks. So there are uh, to help you with your choice as a person, depending on whatever your interest is in uh, area of sales and improving your sales performance. The back catalogue will offer you lots of listening choices, so you'll be able to personalise your your listening from the sales chat show. Those are available from all the major podcast platforms and wherever you prefer to get your podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the sales chat show so you get notified when we release a new episode which we do on a regular basis and in the meantime we'd just like to wish you good luck and good personalized selling folks You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. Music.